Good afternoon everybody. I am having a great day and I really hope you are too. The weather is awesome. I got some good news and I'm about to do an awesome podcast. So welcome to another episode of Shemaine's Model Health Podcast. For those looking to optimize their long-term health and weight goals, I am Shemaine Linney. I'm your host, I'm a biohacker and a fitness and nutrition expert and I am so grateful to have you back here today and I hope you're keeping very well. So this podcast is something close to my heart and I'm excited to deliver it to you. It's a two-part series, so preparing for pregnancy. Um, Part one is going to be today and part two is going to be probably this day next week. So before we move on, I must stress that the information in these podcasts is not to be taken as medical advice and should be used for informational purposes only. Okay, so let's move on. Preparing for pregnancy. There is no greater gift than the ability to create and give life. And so many people take it for granted and think it's just something that happens. But there's a whole host of actions that happen within the body in order for you to have a successful pregnancy and a healthy baby. This Preparing for Pregnancy podcast will be looking at, like I said, two parts so that you can take your time to really absorb the information because this is a very important topic and the act of creating life should not be taken lightly. So in this episode today we're going to look at ovulation, how pregnancy occurs, although I'm pretty sure most of you already know, um, how body weight, exercise and sleep affect your fertility and how they affect carrying a baby full term. Of course, we're going to look at the most natural ways to improve fertility um, because we were designed to procreate and carry on our gene pool. So we want to know how can we support that process in the most natural way possible because it is a natural process. Okay, so fertility means to be fertile. It's the ability to produce offspring, which happens somewhere, like anything in nature, that there is proper amounts of nutrients and or a good environment to sustain life or new life. Um, And I felt this was an important podcast topic for this week, as there's many people currently struggling to get pregnant, as well as holding on to a pregnancy. And this includes some of my own clients that I hope to support more with this podcast. Um, I'm sure they know I'm there for them no matter what. Um, But looking at some studies, there is an estimated one in six couples struggling with getting pregnant each year. Of course, there is a percentage that's out of our control, but the majority is kind of in our control. 
So everything that we're going to look at in this podcast is being clinically proven and has a direct correlation with fertility issues. We're also going to look at processes you can do to improve vitality within your body. So that feeling of being healthy and strong and capable within yourself. And I tried to keep it as short as I could. I could have went on for hours, but let's dive right in. Um, We're also going to look at some environmental factors uh, that can be causative in fertility issues. So for one, our environment now is not what it used to be like it was when our great-grandparents were starting a family. There's thousands of chemicals surrounding us in our air and in our food, and we can't expect that type of toxic exposure to not have an effect on our health, including our reproductive system. So being aware, and I say this all the time, even if you eat organic everything and you clean your house with all natural products, you can still not avoid being exposed to toxic um, toxins and chemicals in our environment. They're just everywhere now. It falls from the sky. So we want to kind of stack the odds in our condition or stack things in our favor. Okay, so how does it all work? No doubt you first heard about this when you were in school, but let's just do a quick refresher. So women are born with millions of eggs and continue to produce new eggs right into adulthood. The eggs are stored in the women's ovaries and during menstruation travel down to the fallopian tube to where they meet the sperm or it meets the sperm. The sperm penetrates the egg and this is conception. The fertilized egg is now called an embryo and it travels to the uterus where it'll spend the next nine to ten months. Now in the uterus we have a wall of tissues or uterine lining and every month your body's hormones, specifically luteinizing hormone which tells the egg to release progesterone is the next big player in hormones and then estrogen so these all tell your uterus to make this lining and if conception doesn't happen you shed this lining and this results in bleeding also known as your period or your monthly visit from aunt Flo. Your menstrual cycle is one of the most important functions in your body and I always stress to my clients that a normal period is a good sign that things are working well. And just as a side note, it is not normal to not have a period. Our menstrual cycle and a period is a woman's most basic function. It is a sign that the body is doing what it's supposed to do. So how do we make the conception successful? Well, first we understand that in order to have a successful pregnancy, we must start preparing your body before you even get pregnant. If someone or a client tells me that they're hoping to get pregnant in the future, I like to start preparing their body months ahead, like six months before pregnancy occurs for an optimal healthy pregnancy and of course baby. Where do we start? Well, nutrition, of course, is a huge component, but that's something I want to look at next week in part two of this series. But for now, we're looking at 
exercise is the first component. So believe it or not, but movement is heavily tied to infertility. Carrying excess weight is a huge stress on your body and the hormonal pathways and of course your detoxification systems and your organs. Um, studies show that when your BMI goes over 31, your rates of fertility drop. Other studies show that the probability of spontaneous pregnancies, you know those unexpected pregnancies, drops by 4% when your body mass index goes over 29. And this goes for men too. Every time BMI increases, your fertility decreases respectively. And it's not just about being overweight. Those underweight have been shown to have fertility issues too. There were studies showing that approximately 12% of infertility cases are due to being underweight or having too low of a body mass index. Of course, we know that body fat stores hormones, including sex hormones, and these sex hormones are fat-soluble. So the more body fat you have, the more sex hormones you're going to have. Cholesterol is the building block for our hormones, including our sex hormones. So it does make sense that if we don't have a nice homeostasis going on with our body fat percentage, then we won't have a nice homeostasis going on with our hormones. Of course, there's other factors involved too, but generally, excess body fat is its own organ and produces estrogen. So excess body fat results in excess estrogen or estrogen dominance and vice versa for a body fat deficit. Now I have seen this loads of times and it always comes up where women lose their period due to say overtraining or low body fat mass. Um, and this can be a very common thing in people that get extreme weight loss or there may be physique competitors and it's a regular occurrence and this can be diagnosed as amenorrhea but that can also be a sign of something more serious like PCOS too which has a high correlation to estrogen dominance which is associated with excess body weight. So I hope you're seeing the connections here. There has to be a balance um, as I always say and it is my favorite hashtag health first, always health first. So a study done by the Fertility Society of Australia published evidence that moderate regular exercise improves fertility and a positive outcome of pregnancy. Um, and this is not regular crazy vigorous exercise as this has been shown to decrease chances of fertility too. So to get into specifics about this, it was a minimum of one hour of exercise three times a week, improved rates of implantation and reduced rates of miscarriages in 436 women. Um, and it also in, had an association with increased birth rates. So... And we're not talking about, like I said, crazy vigorous exercise. So pounding on your body and on your endocrine system is not what we want to do. If you like to do 
HIIT training or high intensity interval training, you don't want to do it like five times a week. Be kind to your body. You don't have to constantly hammer it. High intensity exercise consistently has been shown to reduce sperm production in males too. Um, and of course, there's exceptions to some superhumans out there, but it is something to keep in mind if you're hoping to make a baby anytime soon. So lower intensity exercise seems to be the way to go. Uh, walking and getting lots of movement throughout the day. Adding in some strength training, be like two to four times a week. Uh, making sure you're moving through full ranges of motion to support those joint ligaments. Maybe one time of HIIT training a week and then you're on to a good protocol. Let's not forget that exercise increases confidence, it increases libido, and it increases you feeling sexy, which of course increases your chances of getting your groove on with some baby making. So you see, it's all connected there. Um, next is sleep. And sometimes I swear I sound like a broken record speaking about sleep lately. So many people have issues. Especially if you're training hard, you need to sleep. Sleep is your recovery. Sleep is where we get that anabolic growth. It's where our body heals and regenerates itself. And like I said, so, so, so many people are not sleeping nowadays. If your sleep is off, then your circadian rhythm will be off. And we know this rhythm is important for the timed release of specific hormones. There has been many studies on women with disruptions in their daily circadian rhythms. Um, and I see this with a couple of my clients. Um... So a disruption in circadian rhythms from, say, shift work, sleep deprivation and jet lag. These have been shown to disrupt hormones, including those hormones associated with reproduction. And you, I don't know, but you might know of the nurses study that showed a higher rate of breast cancer in nurses that work night shifts. So these changes in light and dark results in um, also gene expression imbalances. And for the last few weeks, I've been teaching my clients about specific foods that signal specific gene expressions in our body. Um, but light and dark and your circadian rhythm can also have a direct impact on your gene expressions. And I'm not saying this to scare anyone, but I am saying it so you have the knowledge and you're aware it's important to be getting good quality reparative sleep each night and trying to get your wake sleep times as regular as possible. Practicing daily routines can be very beneficial here um, because we have this natural affiliation with the Earth's circadian rhythm too. So we should do our best to line up our rhythm with the Earth's so that we can be in sync. So how would we improve sleep? Uh, well, like I just said above or a few seconds ago, 
getting some nice routines going is going to be very important. I push morning and evening routines on my clients all the time and consistency and generally we get the results that we want to see with most people it has to be consistent. Um, then keeping your room nice and cool is going to be optimal for getting your core temperature where it wants to be for that important reparative work to be done. So we need to be at a nice temperature when we sleep. You also want to make sure the room is dark and as quiet as you can get it so you're not getting any interruptions from noise and light. So as I know the noise part can be especially hard too if you have animals or even already have babies around but this is the direction we're going in. I like to put a plant in my clients rooms, um, some sort of green leafy plant or vegetation that's going to keep recirculating the oxygen while you're asleep so that's going to be super beneficial and I always push people to try get to bed before midnight so getting to bed around 10 is going to be optimal the hours between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. have been shown to um, give you double the quality of sleep of what you would get after those hours so if you get to sleep before 4 or sorry between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. Essentially, you're getting about eight hours of quality sleep there and then every hour after you're getting that single hour. So you're really stressing on timing everything and getting a lot of quality in there, um, turning all electronics off an hour before bed. And I know that can be tough. So even starting your bedtime routine half an hour before bed is going to be important. And then one thing that I say a lot is um, a good sleep starts the minute you wake up. So those morning routines are going to be super important for you. So I hope this podcast was helpful. Next week's podcast, we're going to look more on the nutrition side of things and probably stress and how that affects infertility. So I would, of course, be open to you reaching out and asking me any questions if you have any, but do put some of these practices to use to optimize your health, regardless of whether or not you're trying to have a baby. So have a great weekend or rest of week, everyone, and we'll chat soon. Bye.